All right, let's get this party started. This headset is squeezing my brain. Is it recordies? Yes, it is. It's recordy. Hold on. So. So, welcome back to another episode of Apartment 1R. I'm hot. Oh, and I'm, I'm de- Michael. I'm definitely. Yeah, let's stick with that. Uh-huh. Um, How are you guys? Welcome back. We're sat here with, you know, our usual expired wine, ready to chit chat. So before we get into today's topic, Michael, what perturbs you? So, you know, it's always so hard to narrow it down to just one. But I think I've settled on, you know, we just got over holiday season, did a lot of cooking. And with a lot of cooking comes a lot of recipe seeking. Now, what perturbs me is when I go onto a recipe and instead of finding a recipe, I find a novel about somebody's life. Their Nana. Yeah, on how their Nona taught them how to make the meatballs back in 1968 while their alcoholic father screams from the other room. (laughs) (laughs) It was the thing that kept them warm and safe at night. Where is the recipe? Before you get into the recipe... You need to know why this is very special to this particular person. Right. No. Where, where's the recipe? Where's the measurements? I want the, right. first of all, I want the measurements right away. Straight I want to open the, the page. I want to see a picture. I want to see the measurements and then a quick little do da 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 do this, do that, do that. 350 for 45 minutes until the oven until golden brown done. I don't if need to know If you have to add your little blog about the recipe, do it at the end. Because I don't want to sit here and scroll and scroll and scroll. Because you're not just going to be scrolling through this person's biography. You're going to be scrolling through ads. Right. There's a blurb in 1942 in the English mountains. Like, I don't care. I want to know how to make my, you know, samosas. And when I'm at work, a lot of times people will ask for a cocktail that I've never heard of. So as all bartenders do, I say, absolutely. And then go over to the corner and Google how to make it. Now, I'm on the fly. I'm on the clock. There's a there's a customer waiting. It's a high tense situation. You know, it's a time sensitive situation. And instead of just getting a quick little recipe, I have to scroll through 45 minutes <laughs> of the, the Narnia. Mm-hmm. I have to mm-hmm. go through the Narnia trilogy. I have to go through Harry Potter. Yeah, it's a special kind of frustration. You know what? There's a place to direct the anger. And the it's author. you. Yeah. No, because there is like a serious personal hatred when that happens it's not oh i'm mad at the moment i'm mad at the you know the idea no i'm mad at you for doing that yeah it makes me hesitate to look shit up because i'm like oh here we go i'm gonna have to scroll through all of your bullshit like if i'm googling how do i make strawberry shortcake what makes you think that i want to read 45 pages about it you think i got time for that you think anybody has time for that how do you have time for that to sit there and write that it should be punishable by death in this country (laughs) I'm not kidding. Yeah, let's move on from that. Yeah. The blog thing, I, I, I don't know. I think we need Mm-mm. to... Blogs are over. Blogs are a pastime, yeah. bitch. Dog move on, blog. move on, move on. And if you want a vlog, fine, but leave my recipes out of it. <laughs> yeah. You know? I should have a choice as to whether or not I'm getting a story or a recipe. Because if I'm getting a recipe, that means I'm probably going into like a half hour to two hours of cooking time. Don't add an extra 30 minutes of me being frustrated reading. And I'm like, it's not like, oh, there's a story and then an easy to read recipe right after. They salt and pepper the recipe and through the story, <laughs> you know, so it'll be like 15 minutes. It's a of, puzzle. It's a, you're literally solving a puzzle. Like uh-huh. it's Ripley's Believe It or Not. It's 
too much. Yeah. You're reading um a little blurb about how somebody's grandmother was living in the hills of Versailles and spoke German and then preheat the oven to 350. Yeah, literally. And then back to the alcoholic father. You could hear him yelling from the other room, bake until golden brown. You know, like... Let's pick a lane and stay there. We just we just want things to be easy. Life's That's hard all that we enough. ask. Life's so hard. And now I have to read about your Nona. I don't <laughs> wanna. You can remember the smells from when you were just a girl. I just want cookies. Like I don't wanna <laughs> read that. I don't like reading. I just want cake. I don't understand what's so hard. Okay, it's just you and me here. <laughs> <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> Okay, so today we're doing a couple things. We're having a little fun today. Yeah, we're gonna have a little fun. We're challenging ourselves. We don't know why, because we're here to learn. We're here to grow with you guys. So um, every time me and Holly say the word like, we have to drink. And also, I want to say that there's no prep for this episode. None. The second thing that we're going to be doing is reading poetry from this book, The Penguin Anthology, 20th Century American Poetry. I've, I know about three words in that sentence. Yeah, so I don't read. So this is going to be fun. So this is going to be fun, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you are good with language. Sure. And metaphors and such. Sure. What, how should we go about this? Should, I, should we each like pick a random ass page? Flip through and land on a poem and say it. Okay. I guess I'll flip through one, read it, and then we'll analyze. And then you flip through one, read Love. it. We're going to play a game called Read That Poem. Up first, Holly. Okay, here we go. Oh, God. The thing is, though, how are we, how should we? We're basically just seeing if we could read poems. Okay. Okay. This is called Cottage Street, 1953. I'm frightened. Framed in her Phoenix fire screen, Edna Ward bends to the tray of Canton, pouring tea. For frightened Mrs. Pa- Plath, then turning toward the pale slumped daughter and my wife and me. Okay, so we have a husband. Pale slumped daughter was my name in college. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I love it. I resonate with it. I feel like I saw myself in that poem. Wait, so what does that mean? Is she dead or what? I don't know. Let's read on. Asks if we, okay, hold on. I just want to go back for a quick second. Pouring, pouring tea for frightened Mrs. P- Plath. Okay, so I think we're, we're dealing with a murder here or a death. We're dealing with a death okay. of the daughter because the mother is frightened. She's getting tea. Moving What's the forward. Tea girl? So I think Edna Ward asks if we would prefer it weak or strong. Will we have milk or lemon? She inquires. The visit seems already strained and long. I get that, buddy. Each in his turn, we tell her our desires. This is a weird poem. I'm like, is it, what is this, Spider Man? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. It is my office to exemplify the published poet in his happiness, thus cheering Sylvia, who has wished to die. Wait. Sylvia, Sylvia Plath? Plath, Lana Del Rey. Hold on. Did we, Wait, what's going hold on? Hold on. Did we stumble across Lana Del Rey? Like a goddamn near sociopath. Wait, does Sylvia Plath have a kid? Oh, Wait. Is that the gray slumped daughter? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. All right. I'm just going to continue. Thus cheering Sylvia, who has wished to die, but half ashamed and impotent, impotent to bless. I don't know what that means. I will just put in really quick that um, our catchphrase, what perturbs you, was spelt wrong um, (laughs) (laughs) by me all over our Instagram for the first six months. (laughs) So that's good to know. I am a stupid lifeguard who has found 
swept to his shallows by the tide, a girl who, far from shore, has been immensely drowned and stares through water now with eyes of pearl. What do we think? Is that literal? She's dead in the water. Did they pull her out of the water? Pulled her out of the water and now she's slumped in white like a beached whale, which was also my name oh, in college. Oh, the guy is a lifeguard? How large is her refusal and how slight that gentle, that genteel chat whereby we recommend life of a summer afternoon, despite the brewing dusk, which hints that it may end. Okay, Sometimes, here's what I'm thinking. He's saying it was such a nice day and now someone's dead. They were going to live life. They were going to go to the beach. They were going to celebrate. And now they're faced with the moral question. What is life? And Edna Ward shall die in 15 years. We still don't know who this Edna is. After her eight and and 80 summers. 88? 88. Of such grace and courage as permits no tears. The thin hand reaching out the last word, love. Outliving Sylvia, who condemned to live, shall study for a decade as she must to state at last her brilliant negative in poems, free and helpless and unjust. It's like, was that a poem? I don't know. Or was that just like a, a, an excerpt? <laughs> like, yeah, now what? I'm starting to think that. Is this just like the table of contents? Wait, I'm going to double check that that's not the case. Like, I feel like we're just reading the table of context. Like, whoa, what does it mean? Okay, this poem's by, no, I think it goes like this. It's showing the poet and then a bunch of poems by that poet. Richard Wilbur, by the way, um, born in New York City. Hey! Oh, city girl. Um, your turn. Here we go. Okay. Mary, I got to pick something in my range. Why are they so long? Mama, I just want a little one. Poem at 30. It is midnight. No magical bewitching hour for me. I know only that I am here waiting, remembering that once as a child, I walked two miles in my sleep. Did I know then where I was going? Traveling. I'm always traveling. I want to tell you about me, about nights on a brown couch when I wrapped my bones in lint and refused to move. No one. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Hold on. Why do I feel like this is very relatable? <laughs> okay, continue. Sorry. Uh. <laughs> okay, you ended with the lint part. I wrapped my bones. <laughs> <laughs> I wrapped my bones in lint and refused to move. <laughs> Wait. No one <laughs> No one touches me anymore. Oh man, this poor guy. Father, do not send me out among strangers. You Oh, it gets racial. <laughs> I did not see I did not I thought see. it was about insomnia. I don't know, maybe it doesn't you, you black man, stretching, scraping the mold from your body. Here is my hand. I am not afraid of the night. What's the deal with that? Who's the black man. Yeah. <laughs> Why does to... he have moldy skin? I mean, maybe he's not a literal black man, but like a shadow, like an entity. Ah. It's pretty dark. Pretty dark. Uh, can you read like the last few lines again? I'm always traveling. I want to tell you about me. About nights on a brown couch when I wrapped my bones in lint and refused to move. No one touches me anymore. Father, do not send me out among strangers. You, you black man, stretching, scraping the mold from your body. Here is my hand. I am not afraid of the night. I feel like it's him being depressed and his dad being like, you gotta get a job. 
You can't live on my couch anymore. I guess. I mean... What are you thinking? I mean, the whole thing is very interpretive. You know, it's very... To each his own. But, um, I envision that he's like laying in bed at 2 a.m. It's just some like greasy, depressed bitch being like, I don't want to get up. Yeah. <laughs> Which I get. You know, I am that greasy, depressed bitch. And then maybe remembering when he was a kid and he slept because he was sleepwalking, traveling. Traveling. In his sleep. He was traveling in his sleep, but not while he was awake during the daytime. At night is when he travels, travels, explores, comes to life. But throughout the day is when we're really asleep in this machine we call reality. A lot Robots. of poetry is very just like slaves. Doth <laughs> thine knoweth went thine clothes done. That was by Sonia Sanchez in 1934, by the way. Oh, doth thine knoweth thine. Robert Hess of 1941. Uh oh. Who? The pornographer. <laughs> He has finished a day's work, placing his pencil in a marmalade jar. What's a marmalade jar? Probably just a mason jar that once had marmalade. I just, I'm just going to say now, I'm the type of person I'm going to stop every two sentences. Hey, that's okay. Which is colored the soft gray. Hold on. Placing his pencil in a marmalade jar, which is colored the soft gray of a crumbling Chinese wall in a Sierra meadow. He walks from his shed into the afternoon. I guess the shed is where the pornography happens. That's my prediction. Where Oriolas. Areolas? It starts with an O. Oriolas. I don't know, Mama. Let's save that one for Google. You know what I mean? Rise of flame from the orchard. Oh, it's probably a flower if I had just finished the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> See, maybe this is why we don't stop. He likes the sun and he is tired of the art he has spent on the brown starfish anus of his heroine, the wet duck's feather tufts of armpit and thigh. Tender and roseate enfoldings of labia with labia. Labia within labia. The pressure and darkness and long sudden falls from slippery stone in the minds of the men and anonymous tongues in his book. When he relaxes, old images return. He is probably in Central Asia. Once again, he has marched to the wall. All the faces are impassive. Now he is blinded. There is a long silence in which he... Images clearly the endless sky and the horizon, swift with clouds, scuds. Each time, in imagination, he attempts to stand as calmly as possible in what is sometimes morning warmth, sometimes evening chill. Um, I'm not sure what I got from that. I haven't seen that much labia on labia action since my last trip to Home Depot. I feel like... Fuck. Sorry, I gotta take a sip. Take a sip. He says was, he's what, talking about... We're talking... I feel like we're... Fuck. I like starfish anus, um, <laughs> something about feathers. But then all of a sudden we're in Central Asia with a wall. Right. Maybe he came from Central Asia where there was some trauma there. So every time he gets a break from the sex, he thinks about it. Or he's just living in Central Asia and he writes porn. It's very much um, like the Wattpad porn of 1940 or whenever that was. Oh, you think he writes porn? Yeah, because he put his pen down, right? Oh. It's Wattpad porn. It's fan fiction. He's like, Gorbachev slowly oh. runs his hand up Hitler's leg. <laughs> huh. He's like, Truman's throbbing member. Yeah, I don't get this one very much. The thing about reading is, like, you're reading, you're too busy reading to, like, think about what it is. Yeah. 
That's why I like podcasts. Hi. Big shout out to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This one's nice and little. Right in my, <laughs> right in my ability. Harlem. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load. Okay, my last trip to Fire Island. Or does it explode? Also my last trip to Fire Island. So. That's what I've been wondering. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it end in heartbreak or does it just dwindle is what I'm getting from this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is it shattering? Does it just, or does or it does fade? It, yeah. And all of a sudden it's 40 years and you look back on your life when you saw your name in Hollywood. <laughs> you saw your lights up on those Beverly Hills signs shining like a beacon in the distance for all of those to see. Or does it explode in your face? <laughs> <laughs> This one, this one's funny. It's called In Celebration of My Uterus. Okay. Here we go. Let's get ready. It's Anne like, Sexton. Um, you said that we were reading poetry. I didn't realize that it was like dark. It's either like dark depressive or it's like starfish pussy. You said like twice. You have to take two sips. Oh, here we go. We have to watch each other. Yeah, me and Holly, are, we're trying to get ourselves together, get our act together. Mm -hmm. Our Gen Z is showing. Yeah. This is some shit I was assigned for school. Look, I'm doing homework. I still have all my books from school because I'm a hoarder. Yay. <laughs> In celebration of my uterus. Wait, what was the time period? I want to know that. 1928 to 1974. Everyone in me is a bird. I am beating all my wings. They wanted to cut you out, but they will not. They said you were immeasurably empty, but you are not. They said you were sick unto dying, but they were wrong. You are singing like a schoolgirl. You are not torn. I'm thinking old age. The ticking of the clock is happening here. She still wants. And she's like, listen, I still got a fire in me, Poppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweet wait, in celebration of the woman I am, and the soul of the woman I am, and the sensual creature and its delight. I sing for you. I dare to live. Hello, spirit. Hello, cup. Fasten, cover. Cover that does contain. Hello to the soil of the fields. Welcome, roots. It's kind of nice, actually. It is nice. Each cell has a life. There is enough here to pleasure a nation. It is enough that the populace own these goods. Any person, any commonwealth, would they say of it? It is good this year that we may plant again and think forward to a harvest. She's like, I'm open, girl. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting here ready to receive. <laughs> She's open to a harvest. Uh -huh. She's trying to get her shit sold out. <laughs> plant your seed in her. <laughs> Try. A blight had been forecast and has been cast out. Do you know what a blight means? I didn't go to school. No. Many women are singing together of this. One is in a shoe factory cursing the machine. Yeah. Yeah. One is at the aquarium tending a seal. Quit that job. One is dull at the wheel of her Ford. One is at the toll gate collecting. One is tying the cord of a calf in Arizona. One is straddling a cello in Russia. One is shifting pots on the stove in Egypt. One is painting her bedroom walls moon color. One is dying but remembering a breakfast. One is stretching on her mat in Thailand. 
One is wiping the ass of her child. It's the Barbie movie. One is staring out the window of a train in the middle of Wyoming. And one is anywhere and some are everywhere and all seem to be singing, although some cannot sing a note. Sweet wait, in celebration of the woman I am, let me carry a 10-foot scarf. Let me drum for the 19-year-olds. Let me carry bowls for the offering, if that is my part. Let me study the cardiovascular tissue. Let me examine the angular distance of meteors. Let me suck on the stem of flowers, if that is my part. Let me make certain tribal figures, if that is my part. For this thing the body needs, let me sing for the supper, for the kissing, for the correct yes. I liked it. It's like WAP, but from like the 1920s. (laughs) I thought it was going to be some feminist weird thing, such as the blood. Of my uterine. I drink the blood under the full moon. <laughs> no, I loved that. Seems like. It seems like people have always been like horny, disgusting whores. She's ready to have a kid. Yeah. And listen, she nobody's wants a baby. stopping her. If that was her part. Do you know what that means, though? She said, if that's what she's feeling, if that's her fantasy, then let her have it. I what about her. the suck on the stem of flowers? She's saying, let me go a little crazy. Let me do my thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't like that part as much as I thought I would. What part? Skimming through the book. This one's called Let Me Tell You. By whom? Uh, where do you see by whom? Oh, go page earlier. Let Me Tell You by Miller Williams, 1930. How to do it from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> First, notice everything. The stain on the wallpaper of the vacant house. The mothball smell of a greyhound toilet. Miss nothing. Mesmerize it. I messed up. I'm starting over. How to do it from the beginning. First, notice everything. The stain on the wallpaper of the vacant house. The mothball smell of a greyhound toilet. Miss nothing. Memorize it. You cannot twist the fact you do not know. Remember, the blonde girl you saw in the bar put a scar on her breast. Why do I always choose the ones about, like, horrific acts you of violence? Like, Mary. You know you gotta do it. <laughs> okay. Mary. Mom. <laughs> mama. Mama. I'm gonna go to the Big Apple, Mama. I'm gonna go to the Big Apple and there's nothing you're gonna do about it. I swear I'm gonna be a star. I just swear it. Put a scar on her breast. (laughs) 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 Say she she left go... (laughs) Say she left home to get far from her father. Invent whatever will support your line. Leave out the rest. Use metaphors. The mayor is a pig, is a metaphor, which is not to suggest it is not a fact, which is irrelevant. Nothing is less important than a fact. Be suspicious of any word you learned. And uh, I don't know how to read. (laughs) Holly, I'm white trash. You got this. Holly, I'm white trash. (laughs) I can't do this. Be suspicious of, uh, let me tell you be suspicious of any word you learned. You were proud of learning. It will go bad. It will fall off the page. When your father lies in the last light and your mother cries for him, 
Nothing to the sound of her crying. When your father dies, take notes somewhere inside. If there is heaven, he will forgive you. If the line you found was a good one, it does not have to be worth the dying. I don't know. I don't Mama, get it. I don't like it. I don't, I don't get it. I'm over it. Well, there was a breast in there. Yeah, there was a breast. There was being an abusive husband in there. You know, all things that somebody named Miller Williams <laughs> in 1930 would write a poem about. <laughs> what does he mean by her dad will forgive her? No, he'll forgive you. She should be the one forgiven. It sounds to me. Yeah, she needs an apology. You know, he scarred her breast. Her heaving bosom is yeah. marked by him. Okay, your turn. Where's the uplifting poems? These are all about horrible things. Yeah. Like, I was expecting milk and honey. Nanny! Uh, by Al- Alberto Rios, 1952. Nanny, sitting at her table, she serves the sopa de arroz to me. Instinctively, and I watch her, the absolute mama, and eat words I might have had to say more, out of embarrassment. To speak... Now foreign words I used to speak. Two. That two is with two O's. Dribble down her mouth as she serves me albondigas. No more than a third are easy to me. By the stove she does something with words and looks at me only with her back. I am full, I tell her. I taste the mint and watch her speak. Smiles at the stove. All my words make her smile. Nanny never serves herself. She only watches me with her skin, her hair. I ask for more. I watch the mama warming more tortillas for me. I watch her fingers in the flame for me. Near her mouth, I see a wrinkle speak of a man whose body serves the ants like she serves me. Then more words for more wrinkles about children. Ooh. What? I love this one. The more words from more wrinkles about children, words about this and that flowing more easily from these other mouths. Each serves a tremendous string around her, holding her together. They speak, and Nanny was this and that to me. And I wonder just how much of me will die with her. What were the words I could have been? Was. What were the words I could have been, comma, was. Her insides speak through a hundred wrinkles. Now, more than she can bear, steal around her. Shouting, then, what is the thing she serves? She asks me if I want more. I own no words to stop her. Even before I speak, she serves. What do you think? So it's Encanto. It's Abuelita hunched at the stove. It's um, with age comes wisdom and stories that aren't even necessarily you you need to speak them. Through her wrinkles, you could see the stories of her children, her late lover feeding the worms the way that she feeds her grandchildren and her family. Mm. She looks at them through shoulders and hair because she sees them through food, through giving, giving. Abuelita is at the stove, giving. (laughs) (laughs) And we love her. I love that one. Yeah, me too. Her insides speak through a hundred wrinkles now more than she can bear. The more wrinkles, the more wisdom, the more knowledge. However, the more stories. I love that. It's like, be nice to your grandma. Uh-huh. What about this ending? She asks me if I want more. I own no words to stop her. Even before I speak, she serves. What do you think that That's means? That's my mom being like, gee, yet And like breaking bread immediately before I like, oh, you know, oh. like she's not interested in an answer. She's feeding you regardless. Also, big shout out to G yet. To who? Jeet yet. 
I love when Did like get- moms, aunts, like any like female figure combines three words into one. Like I just love that. Get yet? Good. <laughs> get out, get over here. We read more. I feel like I this don't know is how getting to read. old. Yeah, I don't know how to read. But um, love poetry. I used to want to be a poet until I learned that in order to be a poet, I quickly realized that I needed to be able to read and write, you know, so that held me back. Literacy. Yeah, yes, literacy yes. helps a lot when it comes to being a famous poet. So, you know, I took to podcasting. I took to the mic. And as you guys see through our Instagram captions, me and Holly have the, you know, reading and writing level of toddlers. Should we try to do improv poems? The water was crisp and cold. Twas this the beginning of the end. His hands clasped (laughs) around my neck. <laughs> Hold on. Perhaps it wasn't me he wishes to bore his children. Perhaps it wasn't me he wished to release that anger. Wrath. <laughs> Wrath like the silhouette of black cats that stretch along an alley in which he beat me. <laughs> Twas it I. Who he released that wrath onto? Twas it I. <laughs> or was it the demon he saw in the reflection of my eye? And in the reflection of my eye grew closer to the reflection of the surface of the frigid water as he threw my limp body over the edge. I could see that face, blurry and growing farther. He's never quite taken me over the edge before, if you know what I mean. <laughs> But not till now has he made me scream. Gasping for breath. Oh, dear, beautiful breath. How I wanted to eat it and drink it. I grew to climax. (laughs) (laughs) As I splayed through the air and then splat. But it wasn't the climax that I've always wanted. <laughs> that was fierce. Listen, we're no Sylvia Plath. Okay, we're no. Wait, do we have? We ever read any Sylvia Plath? The first one was Sylvia Plath. I don't think it was. No, it wasn't. Like a goddamn near sociopath. Let's read one more poem by Sylvia Plath. The poet of our lifetime is Miss Lonnie Del Rey. Miss Lana Del Rey, Miss Elizabeth Woolridge Grant of Lake Placid, New York. What was that one? I was a something. Da-da-da-da, girl. Oh, oh. I always had dreams of becoming a beautiful poet, of becoming a singer, but upon an unfortunate series of events, saw those dreams dashed and divided like a million stars in the night sky, sparkling, that I wished on over and over again, sparkling and broken. I was always an unusual girl. Yes. My mother said I had a chameleon soul, no fixed personality, no (laughs) compass pointed due north. Okay. 
Here, I'm going to read the list to you and you tell me what you want. Titles? Yeah. Okay, we're going for vibes. They always say don't judge a book by its cover. One thing about me, I'm judging a book by its cover. There's not enough time today no. to figure it out. I'm picking that cereal box because of the cartoon. I'm picking the, the song because of the title. If you didn't hook me with that first thing, it's not why happening. should I trust you? It's not happening. Okay. Lady Lazarus. Daddy. Love. <laughs> okay. We'll put a pin in that one. Okay. Tulips. The Applicant. Ariel. Mad Girl's Love Song. The Munich Mannequins. Two Lovers and a Beachcomber by the R.E. The word doesn't finish. It goes dot, dot, dot. Anui. E-N-N-U-I. And Deer Island. That These are the first things for, shown to me by Google. Daddy. Let's listen to Daddy by Sylvia Plath. Where the fuck is it? Oh, here we go. You do not do. You do not do. Anymore. Black shoe. In which I have liked. Oh, wait. Can I start that over? Let me start that over. Start over. over. You know, this is our podcast. We play by our rules. Daddy. (laughs) Daddy. It just doesn't. I want the squirrel now. You do not do. You do not do. Anymore. Black shoe. In which I have lived like a foot for 30 years. Poor and white. Me. Yeah, me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Like the vibes are the vibes are there. I said like, hold on. I'm being real with this. Just so you know, we've talked about it. Me and Holly have realized that we have a dirty little issue. And our issue is that we love the word like. So we're the victim of the word like. We're a victim. We're in a chokehold. So we're drinking every time we say it. So Mm -hmm. if we're blackout drunk by the end of this podcast episode, you know why. Just because you already have an open bottle. Do you have any left? Yes. She didn't already. Ooh, girl. Get it far away from the. <laughs> Ooh, Sorry. Girl. She didn't already done. Ah, girl. girl. Ooh, girl. She didn't already done. Ah, ah. Hmm, that has an interesting taste. It's flat. It's expired. It's moldy. Oh, oh is that the deal? <laughs> I think so. Because I kind of liked it. I like it too. Okay. For 30 years, poor and white, barely daring to breathe, or aku. Daddy, I have to kill you. You died before I had time. Marble heavy, a bag full of God. Ghastly, statue with one gray toe, big as a Frisco seal. Let's just go over this real quick because I'm confused. So she's looking at the gravestone of her dead father is what I'm thinking. Mm. And she's carried around a depression for 30 years. And she's ready to say goodbye to the idea uh, uh, of his of her father. She's carrying it. That's what you got from the gray toe. The gray toe is, um, is what I'm assuming. The it's gravestone. the hefty weight. Oh. oh, and she said like the marble. I'm looking at mm. marble. Oh, marble heavy. Yeah. Heavy is the the feelings of loss. I guess a bag full of God. The gravestone. Oh. Take it from the top. Daddy, I have to kill you. You died before I had time. Marble heavy. A bag full of God, ghastly statue with one gray toe, big as a Frisco seal. So it's a big. St- okay, so I got that wrong. It's interpretive. And I ha- and a head in a freakish Atlantic where it pours bean green over blue in the waters off the beautiful Nauset. I used to pray to recover you. Ah, do. And a head in the freakish Atlantic where it pours green bean green. Over blue. What does that mean, you think? Bean, green, tomato, potato. Throw up, vomit. (laughs) (laughs) Throw up. (laughs) Throw up, vomit. (laughs) I was just thinking, like, maybe he was lost at sea. 
or like in a boating accident out at sea when it was raining. But she says a head in the freakish Atlantic. So I envision like a head bobbing up and down as it was raining in the water. No, more, more like, I don't know what alternative. She's standing over a fence on a dock or something. Her little head is above the blue and green vomit is pouring into it. No? See, this is what's (laughs) great about poems is because we're both reading the same thing, but on completely different pages. In the German tongue, in the Polish town, scraped flat by the roller of wars, wars, wars. But the name of the town is common. My Polak friend. Okay. Okay. So maybe Marines? That's on the water? No. Yeah. It is? Mm-hmm. Says there are a dozen or two, so I could never tell where you put your foot, your root. I could talk to you. The tongue stuck in my jaw. It's stuck in the barbed wire snare. Itch, itch, itch. I could hardly speak. I thought every German was you and the language obscene. Hmm, there Says there are a dozen or two. So she could never, he, what I'm thinking now is he went off to war. He was on a ship or something. It crashed. There was like 12 unidentified bodies. Oh. Maybe her father was one of them. I thought he walked amongst the earth in many places that she'll never know. Sort of thing. That's fierce. She says, put your foot, your root. I could never. And then I just figure I could never talk to you. My pol- my Polak friend says there are a dozen. I don't know. I have zero idea what's going on, actually. An engine, an engine, chuffing me like a Jew. Oh. Okay. A Jew to Dachu, Auschwitz, Belsen. I began to talk like a Jew. I think I may, may well be a Jew. She was like, let me get locks on everything. <laughs> <laughs> the snows of the Tyrol, the clear beer of Vienna, are not very pure or true. With my gypsy ancestress and my weird luck and my Tarek pack and my Tarek pack, I may be a bit of a Jew. I have always been scared of you with your Luftwaffe, your gobbledygoo. Gobbledygoo. Look, look, Holly, you're a minority. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) She's coming for your people. And your neat mustache. Wait, what? And your Aryan eye. No, What's going on? She's shit talking Jewish people right now. She's coming for the Jews. Miss Sylvia is attacking you and your people. Wait, what? Read that whole that whole little blurb you just read was her shit talking Jewish people. Go back. I have always been scared of you. Yes. Take oh. it from the top. Take it from there. Oh, because her dad's a Jew and he's dead. Maybe he was killed by the Jews in the war, so she hates the Jews. Right now, she's just shit talking Jewish people. Oh shit. No, but she says I may be a bit of a Jew. So maybe her dad was a Jew. He She's died. like, I hate the Jews, but, you know, lately I'm realizing maybe they're not so bad. Maybe I have some similarities because I, too, am an evil bitch with oh. a mustache. <laughs> Go what? This, okay, all the way to up. The snows of the Tyrol. I don't know what that means. The clear beer of Vienna are not very pure or true. With my gypsy ancestress and my weird luck and my tarot. Oh, tarot cards? She's like, I'm a little bit of a witch, so maybe I'm Jewish. Oh, wait, tarot is T-A-R-O-C. Could that mean tarot? It could be in the same family, maybe. Again, again, diaries of the, uneducated diaries of the mentally ill, so Mm -hmm. we don't want you to what come for us. Thank you very much. I may be a bit of a Jew. I have always been scared of you with your Luftwaffe, 
your gobbledygoo. What is, I've heard that before, gobbledygoo. I'm assuming it's like the Jewish version of the Italian um, gabagool, like just sounds of the language. Can you, do you have your phone with you? Can you search up Luftwaffe? I'm assuming that means like thick hair, but let's see. Yeah, it sounds like a tuff of hair. The Luftwaffe was the aerial warfare branch of the Wehrmacht before and during World War II. Air weapon. It's like a it's like a plane mm. that the Germans used in the World's War. And your neat mustache. Oh, Hitler. She's talking about Hitler. Oh. Wait, go back. Now she's talking about Hitler. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she's her fear of Hitler makes her think she's a Jew. Maybe. Okay, never mind, Miss Sylvia. <laughs> You're invited to the uh Passover Seder, you know? <laughs> I've always been scared of you with your Luftwaffe, your gobbledygoo, and your neat mustache, and your Aryan eye, bright blue. Panzerman, Panzerman, oh you. Not God, but a swastika. Okay, yeah, no, she's shit talking Hitler, not Jewish people. Just kidding. So black, no sky could speak through. Ooh, that's a powerful line. Every woman adores a fascist. The boot in the face, the brute. Brute heart of a brute like you. Wow, I was totally off. You stand at the blackboards, Addie, in the picture I have of you, a cleft in your chin instead of your foot, but no less a devil for that. No, not any less the black man who bit my pretty red heart in two. Hmm. It, a, what is a cleft in your chin instead of your foot? Butt chin. But what's instead of your foot? A cleft foot. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was hating Jewish people. Turns so out she's... she seems to hate her dad also, but no less of a devil for that. I was 10 when they buried you. At 20, I tried to die and get back, back, back to you. Okay, no? Get back, back, back again. Come on, <laughs> All-Stars too. I thought even the bones would do, but they pulled me out of the sack and they stuck me together with glue. And then I knew what to do. I made a model of you. A man in black with a main comp look. Wait, was he a Nazi? Mein Kampf. Oh, oops. I'm going to say that again and cut it out. A man in black with a Mein Kampf look. And a love of the rack and the screw. And I said, I do, I do. So, Daddy, I'm finally through. The black telephone's off the route. The voices just can't, can't worm through. If I've killed one man, I've killed two. The vampire who said he was you and drank my blood for a year. Seven years, if you want to know. Daddy, you can lie back now. There's a stake in your fat black heart and the villagers never liked you. They are dancing and stamping on you. Stomping? It's spelt with an A, I'm just saying. They always knew it was you. Daddy, daddy, you bastard, I'm through. So that was heavy. That was a lot of stuff. I just, what is... Um, I was totally on a different page for the first half of that, but now I get it. You're like, oh, fuck, she's an anti-Semite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious now if her dad, what the deal is with her dad. Because I, what do you think? Prediction. So I think that, you know, her dad wasn't the best man. Died when she was 10. Then she like had years of depression following that. Put a lot of the blame on him. Took lovers that might have not been the best for her. Seeking that, you know, male figure in her life. But now she's washing her hands clean of the whole situation. She's taking one big step forward. <laughs> I kind of got that thought early on, but what was the whole dancing on his grave situation? 
Like the villagers? Now I'm thinking maybe she realized he was, he was a Nazi and she didn't know it. And so she's like, fuck you. Maybe. I missed you all this time. Because it's like you were a terrible man, but you're still my daddy. I still miss you and I still wish you were in my life. And she was only 10, so it's not like she has a lot of memories. So she's just hearing stories from the townsfolk saying mm. he was a terrible person. Plath's fa father was not a Nazi, but she thinks of him as one. Plath claims that the Germans are not as pure as they think. Plath is a gypsy who Germans also sent to the death camps. Her dad? So it was just, it was her being like, fuck my conservative parents. Oh, she sees herself as a Jew. No, wait, these, so she is the Jew. He is the Hitler in her life. Why? Because she is imprisoned by the grief. Are we in Harvard? Are we scholarly? He only, he died from di diabetes though. So is she upset with him or what? She's upset that she misses him. She's upset that he's not there for her life. She's upset that she never had a relationship with him. Oh, in fact, he was described by Plath as a diabolical being causing her constant fear. Ooh. Daddy is the depiction of feminine and masculine energy, where the persona mythology is the figure of her father. In the fifth stanza, when the persona states, put your foot, your root, the foot is a symbol for threatening, suffocating objects, symbolizing that her father is sexually brutal. Work. So we're not exactly doing Dr. Seuss on the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> I like a good read through, though. I like a good analysis. You love an analysis. The first thing Holly does when a movie ends is open Google. Because people have good. I'm not good at it. They have the juicy gossip. But yeah, they put it into words where I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do now? Do we close up? So before we close out, I just want to say some of you guys have responded to our what perturbs you questions that we've scattered throughout social media. Ooh, I'm excited. So now is the opportunity for you shining individuals to get your moment in the spotlight. Your special little moment on this diary we like to call Apartment 1R. How do I get to it? Oh, my God. So. We ask the world, what perturbs you? And Amanda Goldsmith responds, poop cramps perturb me. Do you, are we, we're all on the same page with that? The, when the butthole cramps up out of nowhere? So I heard poop cramps is like some type of, I was assuming it was some like period poop type situation that I didn't know about. That there was some poop cramp tea in the period department. Oh. Is there? There is. Yes, indeed. When... The uterus first starts shedding. <laughs> I think it bloats. When its swollen walls yeah. abandon the body. I think it, here's what I think. Here's what I experience. There's bloating going on and I think it's crushing. What's the, the. The anal sphincter, the, yeah. um, the canal. Yeah, some canal it's is being squished. It's the eerie canal. Okay, girl. Because okay. there's a lot of pain and then you also have to poop at the same time. Okay, but I thought she was talking about. A anal, random sharp. Like the rectal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said like. This podcast is brought to you in part by rectal discomfort. Hey, Wait, do you get that? Rectal discomfort? Do you get when your butthole just starts cramping out what of mean, nowhere? What do you mean cramping? Like a sharp pain or like? A sharp pain, but it's around 
the sphincter. Yes, it's it's not as it's if it's not internal. It is. It's just not as if some one part of the wall got hit with it's around the sphere, the cylinder of the anal canal. Mhm. Right at the tip. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you get that? Sure. Or is that a woman thing? No, I mean, I've gotten like random moments where I go, oh, you know, like what's going on down there? Yeah. You know, I've always assumed that it's like, it's just fuck. Sorry. Holly's taking a sip because she said like again. I don't know if we're going to put all these little bits in, but. I've always assumed that it's the anus getting prepared for. The arrival of poop. It's, there's a the battle going on. dispersing of poop. It's we need to start loosening the boundaries. But at the same time, we need to put a barrier of protection up from the forces of the fecal matter. There's a duality. Yes. <laughs> there's a duality yes. there. It's, it's the anus about to give birth to poop. Right. Yes. It's laissez-faire. It's laissez-faire dictatorship. It's totalitarianism. Yes. Um. That is what our perception is as of now. But what is? What did she say exactly? I'm going to search it up. She said, "Poop cramps perturb me." Poop. I'm just going to. There search. are also. I feel very seen by Miss Amanda Goldsmith because there are just as many typos in here as we usually <laughs> post on our social media so i feel very seen uh hold on before you continue i want to see what is what are what the fuck oh colon spasms colon spasms it's brought to you in part by it's giving treatments but i want what is it look i don't stretching and massaging the muscle may help it relax like fingering your butthole all right you know what? To each his own. This isn't the kink episode, but, you know, we still don't kink shame. Applying heat or cold to the area. So you want to dip your dildo into an ice cold bucket and then insert. It's or if you squatty prefer, potty over the oven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is a recipe for disaster. Like you could burn your ass. Yeah. What if you slip and fall? Oh, God. Oh, God. Literally imagine it. Like what in the Home Alone two is going on? Because <laughs> the the pot's gonna not only you're gonna be splashed all over, and in, you're, the pot's gonna go falling. Your ass is gonna hit the stove, but not just the stove. It's gonna hit the metal grates, yeah, that lift the pots up, and it's gonna skid and slide around on that the, hot metal plate. It's cow branding. What are poop cramps? Should we phone a friend? Should we call Amanda? Maybe yeah. Should we? Should I call her and say, what do you mean by poop cramp? Do you have her number in London? Oh, she has a new number. All right. So here's what it's telling me and then we'll give her a call. Pain from the inside, the abdomen or the outer muscle wall ranging from mild and temporary to severe and requiring emergency care. (laughs) I love body parts being referred to as a wall. It makes me feel like a little village. Like, you know, I'm a little village up on a hill with walls and canals and tunnels. And let me tell you something, that city's been abandoned for a long, long time. It's the city of Ember up in here. We're phoning a friend. So she's in London, so I don't know how well this is going to go. I don't know what Your call has been forwarded to voicemail. The person you're trying to reach is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up. 
Hey, Amanda, we're live on the podcast. Hi. Um, we were just wondering, um, what was the phrase she used? Anal. So we asked the world what perturbs us, and Amanda responded with poop cramps perturb. Right. So we're a little, because Michael thought originally that maybe it was like period cramps, like the poop feeling. I think it's the butthole that you're talking about cramping up, but we're unsure. So answer the call. We're going to call again in five minutes. <laughs> and if not, we're going to post your voicemail response on yeah. the Instagram. Give us a voicemail back on what you meant on that. Engagement. We're getting the girls on the podcast. Very special guest. Thank you, BetterHelp. And there's more Amanda said, by the way. Oh, it's 3.37 a.m. in London. Oh, I was, for some reason, I was thinking like it would be earlier there. Holly. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Amanda says, also birth control. Also commuting to work, period. Also the cold. Amanda, I agree. I agree. I'm going to put on the permanent record that I do not take birth control, but I'm over it. Commuting to work. Over it, beyond over it, it perturbs me more than anything else in the world at this point. The biggest waste of the day. Also, the cold. Hell yeah. Birth so, control. You're not on birth control. No. So we don't really have a lot of experience there. Here's the thing that was told to me that definitely stuck. Birth control lies to you, telling you that you're pregnant. So girls are like a little crazy, I feel like, because of that. Uh, actually... I'm going to restate that. Hormonally imbalanced. Yeah. Yeah. You know that what I always say? That is a little weird. It doesn't sit right. It doesn't lay in the right position. You know what? There it's... are different types of birth control for everybody. You know, different things work for different people. I always say being ugly is the best birth control. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about hormones being involved. You don't have to worry about children. Um, you know, but there's different strokes for different folks. Amanda responded, butthole cramps. It's 3 a.m., so I'm too sleepy to call, but yes. It's like the electric spasm. Okay, so she, yes, she is talking about the topical spurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, commuting to work. Ah, ah, did I see <laughs> uh, uh, uh. I'm always disheveled. There's never a theme song running in the background right. with the birds chirping and the clouds fluffy in the blue sky. Mm -hmm. I need, uh, I need birds to be making pancakes for me. The reality is like a weird, scary symphony by an old dun orchestra. Dun 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 it's the four train. You know, it's not cute. It's not the fairy tale <laughs> experience that we all thought it would be. And it's me wanting to push someone down the stairs as yeah. I'm walking through Lexington. It's me hearing that a human life has ended because somebody was struck by the train. And my first thought is, oh, come on. We're all going to be late. Yeah. People got to get to work here. Yeah. Oh, come on, you idiot. What was the third thing? Cold. The oh, cold. don't even get me fucking started. Because we're there. On the cold. You guys are listening to this in February, but it's no, it's the end of November for us. We're going to let you peek behind the fourth wall. Okay. We're going to let you peek behind the curtain of Oz here. Um, We're just entering the cold, cold, and I'm already over it. It's already disgusting. Since it's um, the topic is poems, I'm going to get a little poetic with this one. Do it. I wake up. My nipples are so hard. <laughs> <laughs> As Harvey Weinstein in the presence of a minor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, I just typed in because I remember I wrote this a long time ago. I haven't read it since 2018. Shivering into bed, it's here. I find myself wandering through the endless cosmos existing behind my shut eyes. It's here. 
I find myself standing over a fallen army of orange and red, vibrant like blood. I am a fallen angel myself, chained prisoner to the limits of earth, man, and death. It's here. I am bound forever in the powerless routine of man. <laughs> that's nice. I used to think I was Sylvia Plath. No, that's good. Michael's to- a poet. He doesn't give himself enough credit. And he's always calling himself a narcissist. But meanwhile, he's like, I'm illiterate. It's self-deprecating humor. It's charming on the poor. Trust me. No, but seriously, I am illiterate. Like when I read people, when I have to read out loud, it's like I'm a 14 year old nervous in school, shaking. I was that person in class where the teacher would like avoid. Try reading a book at the Passover Seder while you're stoned out of your mind. And there's a Holocaust survivor at the end of the table. Oh, (laughs) can you tell that story while I grab a bottle of wine? Yeah. Tell that story because I love it. Was I with you when I was getting high? I might have been. So I was getting high with a group of friends, including Michael. And I get a call. Where are you? We're going to Passover. And I'm there high like, oh, fuck. I went to Passover. During Passover Seder, you read passages. Everyone takes a turn reading a passage. And then it was my turn and I was really high and I just couldn't do it. I looked over at my brothers who were wearing a yarmulke and it was hilarious. And not only was it nerve wracking to like read, just envision being a little kid, a third grader. It's your turn to read. You were not a third grader. No, but like I was high. So mentally you were in third grade. Yeah. And you're just like, ah, oh, who was at the end of the table? A Holocaust survivor. My aunt's mom. And she... Watching her high kin. I was laughing hysterically alone with a silent table of people. And then I heard my... uh, I think it was my Uncle Jerry going, "Uh uh-oh, we have a laugher. And then my brother started laughing. People were generally light about the situation. But then I looked over at her, the Holocaust survivor, and she looked serious about it. But she was also very old. I am that person where like in the moment that you're not allowed to laugh, I'm like, (laughs) like hysterical beyond control just because I can't laugh. So I can't even imagine. I would have been dead. I would have been rolling on the floor, hysterical laughing. Because it's so ritualistic. Like anything, anytime. I mean, you guys, if you're listening to the podcast, you've made it to season three. You know me and Holly. We're little sadistic little bitches over Uh here. If you tell me to be serious, you're not allowed to laugh. You're not allowed to do anything. I've created my entire personality to not be serious. Yeah. You know, I don't know how to function in a world where things are taken seriously. But then you get those moments and they're euphoric when you're reading a passage in front of people and it's just smooth sailing. There's like a fog machine. I feel on top of the motherfucking world. Mm-hmm. And then there's the moment where you hype it up in your head. My turn's coming and it's, it's Mulan. frightening. It's Mulan when the ancestors are like gathering. Uh-huh. So how do we get to that place? Oh, illiterate, illiteracy. Oh, I read my poem. White trash. Yeah. Buttholes. Yeah. Buttholes and white trash. Basically and uh, apartment one R. Um, so I think that's it as far as comments go. So I'm going to once again implore all of our listeners to let us know down in the comments on our Instagram page or DM us if you want to remain anonymous. Or Anonymous. DM us, or DM us if you want to re- remain <sighs> anonymous. Anonymous, anonymous. If you want, if you wish to remain anonymous, just DM us and let us know what perturbs you. You know, 
we at this podcast want to send ourselves into the world with a positive outlook. So we come here to let it all hang out. So we implore you to do the same. What perturbs you? What pisses you off? What makes you look at someone and think, are you joking? Let us know and you'll end up on future episodes because we always need new things. We're hateful bitches. Yeah. And we're ready to continue that path of hatred. And we're terrified. We really are scared of losing topic ideas. This is why we're reading poems right now. (laughs) (laughs) Sylvia Plath is going to get us together, mama. Hmm. Is there any last things? I guess no. I just think it's fun that you guys are in the future. How is February? I know. It was fun. You guys are in 2024. We're sat here in 2023. And you know what? We've decided to let you guys peek behind the curtain of Oz because we're family here. And yes, it's Hollywood. It's Hollywood, darling. It's Hollywood. But we're going to allow you guys in on a little secret. It's still 2023 for us. Uh-huh. We're you guys from are the talking past. about the past. We're time traveling. We don't even know if the world will still be here by the time this Literally. podcast airs. Okay. I should be on the mental page with you to closing up, right? Is that is that that's what I'm doing? Yeah. Yeah. I'm too drunk right now to think properly. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. No, like I literally can't. Like literally. Ah. Big shout out to anybody with this accent. I love this accent. Ask me what I'm doing today. Go. What are you doing today? I don't know. Probably shopping, scrolling on Instagram. Then I'm going to go shopping. What is that accent? It's adorable. But what is it? I'm not sure what it is, but um, I really like it a lot when I hear it. Is it? Oh, I was just acting. Yeah. It's, I was just acting. I was just joking. You know me. I was just joking. If you're on your commute to work, just know that we love you. Let's send our viewers out with a little poem. It's you I need in apartment 1R when my knees are weak and I seek to be a star. It's you I need when my soul is shriveling, when my home has turned to dust. It's you I need in apartment 1R. We are your mama. (laughs) Come to me, my kin. Feed from my heaving bosom as I lure you in. Hurry, young children. Your food is here and it will get stale. Eat from the slop while it remains hot because if you do not, then Uh, I I ought to send you to the yard where you'll get the hose. But you said sunshine at some point, and for a s- split second there, I was like, what rhymes with sunshine? Pine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Fine. Good night. Good night. So good we're going to fuck off. We're going to fuck off. And um, we love you guys. You know the deal by now. Let us know what you guys think in the comments down below because we need engagement. We're going to die without you. It's <laughs> we're your problem now. It's up to you. <laughs> Listen, you made this commitment. So anyway, toodaloo. Holly, any last words? I'm really like I have that like emotional drunk right now, and like I just want to tell you how much I love you. So just to wrap up the episode, we started this episode off with a little game between me and Holly. We are trying to zillennial ourselves. We are trying to lean into the cusp. Cause Mm. I'm not going to say it. I was going to say they're annoying. Right? Because yeah, I love Gen Z, but we do say like a lot. You know? We say it 
far too much. Far too much. So we played a little drinking game in this episode where we took a swig of our wine every time one of us said like, Holly's blackout drunk. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm bad at it. You're so good at it. No, it's not Baja. It's <laughs> It's no, you know what? I keep adding the aww. Yeah, you're going Count Dracula. You need to go like um, Mayor of Whoville. Mm, okay. No, I can't. I can't not do it for some reason. You're doing great, sweetie. You're doing great. Bah humbug. Bah humbug, because that's too fun. Because it is my favorite holiday. We're still in the holiday mood. You guys are over it. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Just, go ahead. I was going to say good night. So if you have something to say before then, so say it. I don't know. I'm just blabbering now. I love blabbering, Holly. What's on your mind? What perturbs you? <laughs> <laughs> what perturbs you? What pisses you off? I don't know. But I'm having fun being drunk right now. I feel like I haven't had fun. I'm telling you, it oh, depends. I, sip. I said like again. I, it's not, I was going to, I was about to say I have a theory. It's not a theory. It's like proven. Different types of alcohol give you different types of drugs. Right, because yesterday I drank vodka. And I she was wondering vodka. why she felt like shit. I said, what'd you drink? She said, a mule. I said, because you drank vodka. Mm. That's why you feel like shit. Wow. Yeah. Today we stuck with white wine. I feel like white wine. And you're not a white wine girl. You're a I'm red not, wine girl. I'm not, but I'm enjoying and it. And I've been telling you that red wine either makes me, A, go to sleep immediately, or B, cry hysterically in a yard. You're right. Most of the time, you're right. And white wine, for me, wakes me up the same way tequila does. So maybe we're learning a little thing or two so about maybe alcohol. There's some changes happening. And, you know, I'm comfortable with change. What's happening is we're becoming professional alcoholics. Mm-hmm, indeed. <coughs> uh, here's a thought. Change. People are so uncomfortable with change. Oh, my God. People hate it. And we're toxically obsessed with change. No, I feel like the thing is we are Madonna. You know, like we just like we adapt. We change. We have eras throughout mm-hmm. life. Um, people Hair. freak out. Like when I look, my mom just made a photo album, little story time. My mom made a photo album because the only photo albums we have, I'm like young. She made updated photo album. And every single picture, I look like a different age, a different, like absolute everything. A different species. Because I have an addiction to changing. Mm -hmm. My hair has been the same for two weeks. I have to change it. Every other day, it's 4 a.m. and I'm changing something in my room. This furniture. One thing about Apartment 1R is you're always going to hear the screeching of furniture being dragged across some some hardwood floor at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. It's an evolution. With the soundtrack of White Lotus season two. So the I know next that's time, cultural appropriation, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it might be. But the next time you are cleaning your house and you're done listening to all the episodes of Apartment 1R, put on the White Lotus Season 1 soundtrack. Do yourself that favor. Are you really going to tell me that... Like, what I'm doing is putting my hand against my lips. I feel like I'm pretty well, good at that. You are good at it, but... I always say um, everything goes back to intention. If you're trying to make beautiful music and blah, 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 whatever. But if you're like, look at me, I'm being a dumb, you know, Native American, boo, 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 uh, then it's bad. You're right. You're right. It all goes back to intentions and it's the type of thing that's obvious and it's in the mm-hmm, eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. That's right, how right, I feel. You're right. You're right. So 
What's the context of the situation? What's the context? What was your language? Not only what was your intention, but how is it being perceived and received by the people in your circle or around you? Right. Those are the two parts of the equation. When you're asking yourself, is this cultural appropriation? Ask yourself, who am I talking to? And ask yourself, what is my intention? Coming from some dumb white bitch. So, you know. I can't let go. I can't say goodbye, but I have to. No, let's not say goodbye. What pisses you off? (laughs) (laughs) What pisses you off? Wait, what's the song? Say goodnight. No. I don't know, but we can't be um, copyrighted by singing lyrics. You're right. We've already got away with too much this episode when it comes to lyrics. But today we talked a lot about poetry. And there's a lot of singer-songwriters out there who I believe are our nation's great poets at the time. So big shout out to Lana Del Rey, Miss Elizabeth Woolridge Grant. We love you. We support you. Sparkling oh my God, I feel like we're just like Lana. We are like Lana. We're white trash like Lana. We're white trash and we belong in Hollywood. And we're persistent. We dabble in cultural appropriation. <laughs> if you stay canceled, you, you don't got gotta what? Get canceled. Listen. Listen, listen Mary. Girl. Girl, she don't already. I feel like RuPaul will sue us. Yeah. Want to know who you don't fuck and with? And we'll be like, wait. Want to know who you don't fuck with? Miss Disney. You don't fuck with Disney. You don't fuck with Disney. You no, don't no, fuck no, with no, Disney. No, 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 She'll come for you in a heartbeat. She's running at you with a knife. she's behind the curtain in your bathroom Uh uh-huh for the viewers that don't have the patreon exclusive that aren't getting the footage (sighs) all right we're gonna wrap this episode up i love you we're getting into spring Ah! spring and spring Ah! arrivederci what does that mean bye